Recorded in the heart of the Ozarks, this is Front Porch Anarchast. One man's attempt to spread the ideas of freedom and liberty, one podcast at a time. Reaching out to those of you who are straddling a fence somewhere between statism and freedom. Front Porch Anarchast. Freedom starts on your own front porch. And the podcast starts now. I heartily accept the motto that government is best which governs least. Carried out, it finally amounts to this, which also I believe, that government is best which governs not at all. From the Gray Homestead Studios, this is the Sunday edition of Front Porch Anarchast. This episode is scheduled to publish on April 14th, 2019. For those of us in the U.S. of A., we all know what tomorrow is. April 15th is tax day. It's the day that government requires that you have all of your income tax, paperwork submitted, checks signed, anything that you may owe them that they didn't manage to take from you throughout the year. It's a pretty ingenious scheme that they have set up there. They knew that if if they tried to get you to cut them a check on April 15th, that quite a few of us would balk about that, especially when we're talking about the sums um, that some of us have to pay. Honestly, right now, I'm not paying much of anything because I've got a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And I'm the only one in the house working. So let me rephrase that. I'm the only one in the house that is working at a job that is required to report my income. So it's really not that bad on me, but I know quite a few people are are feeling the sting this year. It seems that the uh, the government bureaucrats, they, they reworked some things, so... People who weren't used to paying anything in, who were they were actually used to getting refunds back, this year they're they're having to pay a little bit, and that's uh, that's a little troublesome to them. And uh, you don't want to think about that. You're getting what you deserve there. You can't expect a government to function um, and to take care of what you want it to do, and for them not to take money from you and and when I was paying income taxes, a good rule of thumb was I ended up paying about 25% of my paycheck, somewhere between 20 and 25% of my paycheck, went to income taxes. That doesn't sound like a lot. It's kind of like the the frog that's in the in the pot. You can put a frog in cold water in a pot on top of a stove, and the frog will sit there, and then you can turn the you can turn the stove on and turn it on really low and the frog will still stay in the pot and you you let it warm up and then you start turning the, the heat up to it and pretty soon the frog is literally cooked and he didn't know it. He didn't know that it was happening. And that's kind of what government's done to us. They take a little bit out of each paycheck. Yeah, sure, when you look at the pay stub, if you look at the pay stub, you might get a little angry. 
might get a little upset, but then they're also promising you, oh, hey, you're going to get a refund at the end of the year. So you're going to you're going to end up getting back a little bit of your money at the end of the year, but you still you don't realize how much they've actually taken. And and you know, if you really want to break that down, 25%, let's just use 25% because it's a nice round number. Um if you're working a 40-hour-a-week job and you work 50 weeks out of the year, that's what, 2,000 hours, right? And government's going to take 25%. So 25% of 2,000, that's, that's what, 500? Government's going to take 500 hours away from you. That doesn't even seem right, does it? It doesn't seem fair, but that's what they're going to do to you. So... Congratulations, comrade, for taking one for the team. Congratulations for giving some of your money to be uh, redistributed. And, you know, I can't blame can't blame the average person. If they had a choice, they probably wouldn't pay it. But, you know, the state, they require businesses to have permits and licenses. And then they don't let them operate unless they do certain things. And one of those things is keep up with payroll taxes. So, you know, and most people who go into business, they want to stay in business. So they just do what they're told. And that's, um, it's kind of snowballed into what we have now. So, you know, we're paying 18, 20, 25% of our income is going to taxes right off the top. And then there's a whole lot of other taxes that, um, you know, they're paid daily, sales tax and property tax, that kind of thing. I guess property taxes are also paid certain time of the year, and I never can figure that out. We move around quite a bit, so it seems like every state it's a little bit different when it's going to get, when it when they charge you for it, what they charge you for, Yeah, personal property and real estate, that's just, that's a lot to keep up with. Seems like there could be a more uniform way if they're going to take your take your money anyway, instead of making us run around all over the place. Some would say all over God's creation, trying to figure out which forms we need to fill out, which forms we need to take with us. This year we just we just re we just renewed the tags on the uh, on the Jeep, and we ended up having to drive a county. Two counties over to get some paperwork signed, and we thought we had to get the uh, the Jeep inspected. We did. Come to find out, you only have to get the vehicle inspected every two years or whatever. So anyway, I've got a freshly minted um, inspection sticker on this car or on this Jeep, and we don't even we didn't even have to have it, but you know. Oh well, at least we're safe, right? The whole world's safe from the Jeep. Well, that's not even really the topic I wanted to get off on today, the um, the tax day. I figure everybody's going to write out their checks to um, Uncle Sam tomorrow, mail those off, and then they'll forget all about their taxes for another year. But I'm, I'm thinking every now and then I'm going to bring that back up and just... 
throw something out there. I often, when I see my friends posting things, I often just respond with a hashtag taxation and stuff. And uh, most people don't even care. Every now and then somebody will say taxes are the price we pay for living in a civilized society. I'm not really sure what's so civilized about a society that will cage or kill you for not paying the politicians. So anyway, what I wanted the what I wanted the the topic of this episode to be about is um is actually Yeah, I wrote it out. No, I don't. I don't have it with me. But um basically anarchy in action. Order from chaos. And the reason uh, the reason I bring this up is when you bring anarchism up to to some people, they want to um, you know they want to define it. They want to say that anarchy. If you look at the definition of anarchy, the first thing that pops up is that anarchy is chaos. Well, I think you would have to. Well, I think the actual definition is chaos from a lack of leadership or something, but but you'd have to define what chaos is. You would have to define what what leadership is. You know, anarchy is just I've talked about that in, in previous episodes, but it's just the absence of rulers. It's it doesn't mean that it doesn't actually mean chaos. So I can see where if you're a guy who you have to have a leader, yeah, you're going to think that being without a leader is chaos. Uh, you know, I get that. But when I get up in the morning, I manage to get to work, and I'm not really sure how much chaos there is there. I didn't have anybody leading me through the whole process. Yeah, it just makes no sense why people want to go straight to that. So you would really have to define what chaos is. And you would have to define what leadership is. So, the little treat I have in store for you here is I have a real-life example of anarchy in action. And it's going to come to you in the form of a, of a previously recorded episode, if you will, of Front Porch Anarchist. And... It was recorded on the front porch of the Gray Homestead. And that's just a fancy way of saying our cabin in the woods. It's a little cabin in some big woods. Well, for us, it's big. And completely off-grid. Most peaceful place in the world. As long as, as long as it's not deer season and you have to run people off or trying to hunt on you. But it's just a really peaceful place, and that's where I, I originally had the inspiration to do Front Porch Anarchist. And um, as, you'll, as you'll hear, it's just me on the front porch. I don't know, it's about eight minutes long. I recorded it one morning. It was a, it was a summer morning. It was sometime in July. I think it was the 21st of July, 2017. But it outlines... Um, a situation that I ran into where um, anarchy took over and you know what? There was spontaneous order 
out of that so-called chaos. So I'm going to cut to that. And then after it finishes playing, I'll, um, I'll pick back up at the end of it. You are listening to yet another episode of the Front Porch Anarchast. This one is coming to you from the front porch here on uh, the Gray Homestead. And since it's from the front porch, you're going to hear a lot of animals. You'll probably hear a lot of uh, birds. I hear a woodpecker in the background. Somebody uh, up the valley on top of the hill is must be target practicing. I hope that they're not under attack. Not sure if you could hear that at all, but they started in again. And I'm uh, probably going to hear some dogs in the background. I've, there's been there was a pack of a pack of dogs or coyotes or something came through a little earlier this morning. I didn't get a good look at them because they stayed in the brush, but they were yelping and carrying on. I guess they were chasing rabbits. May even hear some of our own uh, dogs in here. Going to make this one a quick one though because I'm getting ready to go to work. Uh, just having some breakfast out here on the homestead. Thought I would, um, thought I'd spout off some um, lunatic rantings here real quick. A um, couple of things been on my mind. People talking about anarchy like it's a four-letter word, um, like it's just despicable, and that it would be utter chaos if we were living in anarchy, and and it just can't happen. I tried to put some of those thoughts down on paper, and eventually I'll get those posted on the. Um, on the Facebook page, which is, uh, what is it, The Front Porch Anarchist, or maybe just Front Porch Anarchist. I'll have to double check that. Uh, don't hold me to it. Anyway, if you search for Front Porch Anarchist, you're going to find it. Um, anyway, some of those some of those thoughts I had about anarchy, um, they, uh, they surfaced when I was making a trip, uh, a commute to work. And pulled off of a uh, major uh, a major highway onto a side street, which was not just a side street. It's like one of the main arteries there in in town. And uh, it's like three lanes going each way, and then there's a turn lane. There's three lanes going each way on the main street. The cross street, there's two lanes going each way, and then each of those have a turn lane. So. Uh, it's a major intersection, and there's there's actually three intersections just right in a row. And when I pulled off of this major artery here, it goes north and south through town, I realized that the lights were out. Uh, I don't mean they were flashing or, you know, they were short or whatever. I mean, they were totally dead. No light at all. And luckily it was during the day at least. And they went out just as soon. And when I pulled up to them, is the the light on my side was red, and then all of a sudden it just went black, and it was it was done. And you would think that you know at that point anarchy would set in. There's no police. <coughs> Excuse me. There's no police. Uh, you know, standing around to write tickets. There's no red light cameras. And you would think that people would just start going, you know, willy-nilly. And you would think that the main the main artery there, would, since it had more lanes than the uh, than the side street, the cross street, you would think that it would just that the people there would just take off and go, and that the people on the the side street would never uh, have a chance. But it was a little awkward there at the beginning. 
there were probably five or six cars in front of me and it took a little while to get the momentum going. But what happened was um, spontaneous order out of chaos. No lights, no direction, no uh, no police officers writing tickets or pointing at people telling who to go when. It was the it was it was a a perfect chance for people to do what they want to do when they want to do it and just think about their own best interest. You know they're trying to get to work and this was you know this was during the morning commute. They're trying to get to work. It would have been in their best interest just to go and not stop. And then the cross traffic would have just been screwed. But that's not what happened. Uh, it was a little iffy starting off, but not because people were looking out for their own best interest, but because it takes a lot of coordination to get that many lanes going, especially when you have uh, – there was a total of four turning lanes. But but after about the third car, everybody was doing the right thing. There was nobody you know, going through right in behind the person in front of them. Everyone was waiting their turn. And going through. And that's without any kind of coercion. There wasn't anybody out there with a baseball bat or you know, pointing a gun or or threatening to write tickets or threatening to take people to jail or raise people's insurance rates. No, people just, you know, they genuinely wanted to do the right thing and that's what they did. Um, you pulled up to the stoplight when it was your turn, you looked all around and basically made eye contact with as many of the people as you could. And then you waited to see, uh, you waited for the person whose turn it was to go, and then the people that were that were queued up at that point, all of them would go. So in in one direction, you would have since there were three lanes and a turn lane, you would have four cars that went on one side, and then on the other side, those four cars would go, um, and then on the cross streets, it would do the same thing. And it wasn't quick because everybody was having to come to a full stop, or mostly full stop. So it wasn't ideal. But you know, the I guess the lesson that I'm, I'm that I got that I got from it is that you know anarchy isn't isn't like the good old boy who you know been raised to believe that you know you go vote. And I'll probably not make any friends by this, but you go to church on Wednesday and Sunday, and then you go vote on election day, and uh, you vote for your political party, and uh, you know you go to the Western Sizzling Buffet on Friday nights, and you drink a little beer and mow your yard on Saturday, and then you uh, go to church on Sunday morning and uh, watch a football game Sunday evening, then then you go back to your nine to five or more like seven to five, you know, on Monday morning. Um, those guys have been taught to believe that anarchy, anarchy is just, it's a terrible word because for the system that they live in, it is a terrible word because it, it, it takes power away from that system. And, um, it's just something that they, they can't really even fathom, but I'm telling you it can work. Um, but it, it shifts the, it shifts the responsibility of doing the right thing to the individual instead of um, instead of letting an elected group of people tell you what to do. So yeah, it's 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 a little more work. It's a little bit more. Um, it's a little bit scary, but at the same time, um, anarchy 
the absence of rulers would um, would really increase our freedom. And that's really about all I have time for today. It's probably more than uh, anybody wanted to listen to, but um, just wanted to spout that out there before I get off on my uh, on my commute. Um, again, beautiful morning here on the homestead. A little bit of a uh, little bit of fog. But it's burning off as the sun slowly starts coming up over the ridge. Uh, I can just see some sun rays on the top of the trees down below the below the front porch here. Maybe I'll take a picture and post it. All right, thanks for listening, and hope to um, I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope you'll uh, listen. Maybe give me some feedback, front porch and our cast uh, on Facebook. Just look for us there. All right, thanks. So that wasn't too bad, right? Really peaceful, laid back. Maybe a little more than you needed to uh, to know about the front porch there, but um, there is a video that goes along with that. So if you'd like to um, if you'd like to see some of the pictures, um, you can do that. So when I post it to Facebook, there has to be some video to go along with it because Facebook will not let me just post audio. So I posted a video along with it. Well, I made a short little video, and it's it's actually just still shots put together like a slideshow. Nothing really spectacular there, but if you want to see it, just check out the uh, Facebook page, Front Porch Anarchist, and you should be able to find that pretty easily. I'm going to try to post, some, post a link to it or something. Usually I do a an update from the homestead segment just prior to going into the main topic. Kind of did that in reverse this time. For those of you who this may be your first episode, we we like homesteading. We're in the we're into that. Uh, we like the self sufficiency aspect of that. So we have a little place in Arkansas. It's in the in the middle of the woods and about the roughest part of the Ozarks that you can ever imagine. And it's pretty much on the side of a, well, what passes for a mountain down there. It's, I don't know, it's a hill. It's got a maybe a couple of hundred feet um, elevation on it, maybe. Anyway, it's uh, pretty idyllic down there. We love it. Unfortunately, we can't really make a living down there, so we had to move in closer to town and... My particular skill set isn't really suited for a small town, so here I am. We're, we're actually living outside of a, a fairly large, well, I think the population's like 160,000 in the, in the city town that I work in. And I live, we live about 20 some odd miles outside of town so we've got a few acres out here that um and we're just renting the place but we're really happy with it and we are in the process of putting in our gardens because it's april 15th 14th and the garden should have already been in but this is pretty much virgin ground here we had to break it up Uh, actually our landlord came and uh, he brought a skid steer with a like a tiller attachment to it and broke the ground up and did a really, I mean, thankful that he did that, right? Um, that was a lot of work on his part. He had to bring the skid steer down and, and do all that and then spend his time doing it and, and uh, the fuel and everything. 
it broke the it broke the the ground up, but we still had to work the ground. So we've been we've been working on that, and um, the the whole goal this year is just to to see what sticks, see what works. In addition to the to the main garden, we're just kind of going around and digging up little areas and planting everything. We got a bunch of free seeds from Baker Creek this year. Baker Creek is a um, uh, it's pretty well known seed company. They do a lot of heirloom and uh, non GMO stuff, and they have a little place. Um, it's about an hour from here, probably maybe an hour and a half, and they grow seeds. That's basically what they do. They they grow plants, let them go to seed, and then they plant the seed or they uh, package the seeds and sell them. They've got a really nice setup there. You can uh, you can go take tours basically whenever you want to. They've got a nice little restaurant there, pretty much vegetarian, vegan stuff, which works out for us very well. And they do they do a big festival every year, and I think not this weekend, maybe next weekend or the weekend after that is their big their big spring festival, and and we plan to be there. Anyway, so yeah, our gardening is is coming along. We we hope to have enough we can eat. If we've got a little bit left over, we're selling it right on the front porch. The front porch is about 25 feet from the road, so we figure we could sell any excess that we have. And then we're going to take notes, and whatever sticks this year, we're going to grow it next year, and, and we're going to do so with uh, with gusto. We're going to do our best to make some to make some money the old-fashioned way. Hopefully, what we learn from all of that, we can take with us back to uh, to our little homestead down in Arkansas when we decide to move back. Until then, though, we also um, we're also doing the decals and the and the t-shirts. I've got a uh, had an order come through, and I've got three decals that are ready to go out in the morning. It's really cool that we live where we do because there is a post office about I don't know half a mile away maybe a mile away, but it's right on my way to work. It's a little um, a little country post office, and on the weekends, it doesn't even open until noon, so that works out really well since I have a really weird work schedule, and I go in like, I, don't know, I think I go in tomorrow like at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, so, so that's right on the way. I can just pop those in the, um, in the mail, and uh, this particular decal was a was a fairly simple decal. The client provided me with a like a logo, I guess that that they have for their uh, their homestead, which is in Canada of all places. And pretty much, they just took a picture of this, and I don't know if somebody hand drew this or or if it's just been copied a lot. But it was pretty rough. I cleaned it up a little bit, made uh, made a pretty nice little decal of it. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll be able to post a picture of that. Not really sure if they want to be associated with uh, with anarchy or anarchists, so I may just uh, may leave that out. So I think that's about all that uh, that I can stretch this into today. If you notice, I'm trying to I'm trying to stick with my original format idea of keeping the episodes at I don't know maybe 20 minutes or 30 minutes. I'm not really sure what works best yet. So far, nothing works best yet. I'm still trying to grow the audience, and you know, I've tried, I've tried doing it with um, with Facebook 
boosting a post. Yeah, that didn't really didn't really help. I mean, it it drew in a couple of uh of listeners, but I really just have more luck from from getting out there and, and interacting at least online. I'm pretty sure I'm going to terrify the first person that I that I run to in real life and tell them that I'm an anarchist. That yeah, that's yet to happen. I've ran into a lot of people who have the same basic philosophies as we do about freedom and such, but then when you want to you know, call it what it is, anarchy, then all of a sudden they they turn into model citizens and it's like they're going to turn you into the Gestapo or something and let the Gestapo know where you are. You know, guys, anarchy is really not that scary. It's just, it requires some personal responsibility and, and most of you are being personally responsible already. I'm not really sure why you would be scared to live without an overreaching government that just puts regulations on everything that you do. All right, that's probably enough for tonight and yeah, we can talk about um, we can talk about anarchy some more in the next episode. Look for the next episode next Sunday. Until then, thank you for listening. This has been Front Porch Anarchast. hope you enjoyed this broadcast of the Front Porch Anarchast. Like and share our page or send us a message at Front Porch Anarchast on Facebook. No masters. Anarchy needs no masters. Front poor channel cast.